is the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. Our mission is to train those who give spiritual counsel to others. Whatever your skill level, we offer accessible and practical advice to those whose life or work frequently leads them to spiritual conversations. Our goal is to foster a growing relational connection with and loyalty to the God of the Bible. We help people choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights on the dashboard of their lives. Our passion comes from the belief that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Welcome, everyone, to the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. This podcast, first launched a year ago, is a tool for training my expanding team of spiritual coaches at our growing multi-site church. I can't tell you how surprised I was that now hundreds of people are listening around the world. Wherever you are on the globe, Nancy and I are honored to have you aboard. Speaking of Nancy, my beautiful bride is in the studio with me today. (laughs) Well, thank you, honey. And hello, everyone. If you're interested in going back and listening to any of the three previous seasons, it would be helpful to begin with the first episode of season one. Each podcast is a standalone topical treatment, but they are episodic, so listening out of order will leave you without some necessary foundational content. Our intention with this podcast is to keep the explanation simple and relatable, and for the most part, avoid the clinical and theological terminology. So what I did is I swapped that out for modern and easily recognizable metaphors to explain spiritual and biblical ideas, as well as coaching techniques and, and approaches. Now, that doesn't mean that our content is overly simplistic or, or dumbed down or, or, or unhelpful to those who are further down the road, just that it's accessible and immensely usable. No matter your familiarity with the subject, you will be able to follow along at whatever level of experience and discover new ways to talk to others about spiritual subjects. Yes, and as we enter this fourth season, we will begin to offer true standalone episodes, tackling both new content as well as returning to subjects we already addressed but feel deserve greater attention. A new feature going forward will be answering specific questions that our listeners have submitted. Questions about specific spiritual coaching subjects or establishing and maintaining a spiritual coaching practice in your context. Listen to the end of the podcast and I will tell you how to submit questions and ideas for future episodes. Yes, and, and it's important that uh, I make a clarification. You understand my use of some terminology. Uh, in all of these podcasts, you, you know, I mentioned spiritual maturity and spiritual growth and those things consistently. Some people, when they hear those terms, especially if they've gone to church all their lives, might be tended to think about attending classes or amassing uh, intellectual understanding. And, and that's not what I mean when I talk about spiritual maturity or spiritual growth. I'm talking about first-person, hands-on, experiential knowledge of God. Spiritual maturity is knowing Him. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And that's what I mean when I talk about spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. If the relationship is strong and growing, everything else that's necessary to life as a follower of Jesus Christ will flow from that. In fact, we want you to know that we named the podcast The Spiritual Coaching Dashboard because just like the dashboard in your car, there are warning lights in our lives. They indicate to us that we need to do some heart work with God in order to step into our full potential. We need someone more qualified and experienced to do spiritual wrenching on our souls in order to improve our performance. Our dream for you is that you would unlock your potential through a heart healthy enough to know God deeply and follow Him fully, and then to pass your experience on to others. 
Now, without further delay, here is today's content. In this episode, I'm going to share one of three parts on how to navigate those seasons in life when ministry, or anything else for that matter, is so intense and demanding that it disrupts the rhythms that protect your life's your life and relationships. When a demanding season has been a long enough season. This is part one. You know, as we watch nature cycle through the four seasons, some see a handy metaphor for explaining, and sometimes defending, overworking. Although it's not always easy to tell at first, nature will eventually let you know that one season has passed and the next has arrived. However, when it comes to ministry and serving others, it is far more difficult to tend to tell when a season has ended or, or when it should be ended, even if by force. Allowing one season of ministry to blur into the next is dangerous, especially so when that season is a period of intense pressure, expansion, work, expectation. It's far too easy to be manipulated or to bias ourselves with justifications like, you know, it's a good cause. Ministry requires sacrifice. Sometimes you have to adjust your priorities for the sake of the mission. And my favorite, well, it's only for a season. If you're a leader in the church, I'm sure you've heard uh, these familiar refrains or, or, or something like them, probably from your own mouth. They certainly have come from mine. Uh, when I was younger and, and I had been married for only about five or six years, I allowed expanding ministry opportunities to turn my wife into a widowed single mom. That season lasted for over a year, and let me say I'm not proud of that admission. It was not one of my finer moments. Yes, God was meeting with people in my counseling office in wonderful and frequently supernatural ways. It was an unprecedented time that in some ways resembled some of the stories of revival that I've read, and I unnecessarily abandoned my family. I mistakenly thought that if I didn't meet with people when they were ready, right when they were ready, God could not or would not keep them ready until I could more responsibly schedule them. How small we make God sometimes. I did this for months on end, and it was a sacrifice that God never asked me to make. I will explain what I mean by that in the episode that follows. Uh, in this part, in part one, I'm going to uh, just kind of set the stage by telling you a, a, a true story and share the first of two unexpected myths about demanding seasons. So when a demanding season has been a long enough season, uh, and let's make sure... Um, that I'm being clear about what I mean by a demanding season. These are times when the press of ministry is more intense than usual, when leading up to maybe a big event or opening or service, there's a lot of work and, and only so much time to get it finished, or a lot of opportunity and only so many people and so much time to capitalize on it. Consequently, the time you spend working begins to push out into the rest of life, past or normal boundaries, straight through a margin, and begins to consume everything in its path. It is when ministry becomes an all-consuming monster that is difficult, if not impossible, to tame. This is usually unintentional, or maybe intentional, but sometimes it does sneak up on us and takes us by surprise. However you get there, the press of ministry has grown to the point where, you can, where it cannot be contained with the normal hours that you routinely set aside for work. Both your vertical and horizontal relationships begin to be they're stretched, they're stretched thin, they're squeezed, compacted, reduced, and demoted if not effectively banished. In response, we tell ourselves that we'll just have to push a little harder, skim in a few errors, make a few adjustments and sacrifices, and make it work for a season. Eventually, um, or everyone will just have to understand. Uh, let me give you uh, an example. Recently, our church went through an intense season of growth. 
Every team lead was pushing hard to keep up with the demands of expanding ministry opportunities. We launched our first two satellite locations in towns that were a couple hours apart and opened them both on the same Sunday. Both of these locations needed renovations, but one required some extensive demolition and rebuilding. We not only had to keep things going at location number one, but we had to get things going at, uh, other, at two other locations as well. None of us had done anything like this before. We didn't know what we didn't know. Well, while that was more than enough to overwhelm most, on, on the front end of that season, we opened in our first permanent location after having been a mobile church for five years. And that too required weeks of hard work that forced us to push both schedules and bodies to get that building ready for occupation. We moved into a new facility in spring, actually Easter Sunday, and then the busyness of summer came just as all those preparations were ramping up for our mid-September expansion at those two new sites. If you add that all up, it was months, six or seven months of insane amounts of work and pressure and pressing through. About halfway through that season, it was in July, I conducted a two-day spiritual retreat for our leadership, and the effects were already showing. The exhaustion and consequences of skimming on relationships and routines that that keep us plugged into God and others um, were impossible to keep in check. They were impossible to keep going, to keep in place. There was no margin to be found anywhere. Uh, I think they came to the retreat more to take a breath from the the normal routine that, that, that become normal than to do any real spiritual work. And... And we still had a couple months to go before it was going to be over. Um, we are now we we when we got a, a couple of months past that. Um, as the spiritual coaching pastor, I do biannual spiritual health checkups with our leaders. And at that point, uh, as you probably already guessed, here's what I found: our people were still struggling even months after that season to get their spiritual and relational equilibrium back. When you fall off your normal routines for long periods of time, your new season defines your new normal. Getting back to the old normal is difficult at best. Recovering emotionally and physically and spiritually and relationally, it's a massive undertaking. When the exhausting, the exhausting season has run too long, sometimes things have changed so much that the new normal cannot become what the old normal was. Trying to create totally new routines when you're exhausted in every way is a fool's errand. But those rhythms are what we need to get our balance back. Just thinking about all that makes me feel exhausted again. Uh, In the remainder of this article, I'm going to suggest some some guidelines, ways to protect yourself and your relationships when with God and others, when in just such a demanding season, seasons that require us to push so hard that our routines and rhythms are are paused, our margin is cluttered, uh, too little sleep is our only respite. In fact, that is not a bad way to describe what what I mean when I mention intense or demanding seasons of harder than normal ministry. I'm referring to an intentional period of time when the normal routines that you have in place to protect your relationships and priorities are temporarily suspended when you deliberately skin on the very skim on the very things that you count on to keep you healthy. Having said that, this um, this first of two myths may be unexpected, but first. Take a short break so you can rest your brain. You've been used to a new episode each week as we work through our first three seasons. As we move into season four, the episodes will drop less frequently, but at least once a month. 
Whatever the reason and from wherever you are listening, we are so glad you have come along for the ride. That is why we are excited to invite you to help us determine some of our future content. At the close of this episode, we will tell you how you can send your questions, ideas for topics, and suggested book reviews. If this podcast is helpful, we ask that you take a moment to rate, follow, and share it on whatever platform you use to stream content so that others can find us too. All right, let's finish today's episode of this podcast. may be a little unexpected, but myth number one is, I can get away with skimming. Give up the myth that you can plan an intense season in such a way that no damage will be done to relationships with God and others. The only way that can be remotely true is if you're single with no family or friends. If you have no relationships at all. However, that still leaves your connection with God flapping in the wind. Ignore those rhythms of life for a single week and those you love around you will feel the impact. Relationships do not last unaffected nearly as long as we would like to imagine. The, expir- the expiration date is shorter than on a gallon of milk. I'm not suggesting that the relationships are lost that quickly, just that they're negatively affected. And I'm suggesting that when a relationship is lost, it often began to deteriorate in a season of well-meaning neglect. And here is a quick freebie myth for you. Children are not resilient. They may be good at burying the wound or harm, but it's not dealt with, and and you can be sure that it will show up later in life. The tools they employ to fight emotional and relational wounds are, um, childish. They work after a fashion in their youth, but are not helpful in adulthood. They will eventually need to grow up in their memories as in every other part of life. Take it from one who had a very painful and dysfunctional childhood, as well as who has done spiritual coaching for decades. They are not resilient. Their little hearts and minds are very fragile, easily deceived, and only appear durable by means of dysfunctional coping mechanisms that always leave them feeling and thinking less of themselves. Ignore them, or worse, take out frustration on them when you're exhausted. Um, It marks and mars them. That is never God's will for your kids. And so this is a losing, lose-lose scenario. What I'm saying is that the very definition above should sound dubious at best. The definition I gave you of a, of a demanding season? Not a good idea. An intentional period of time when the normal routines that you have in place to protect your relationships and, and priorities are temporarily suspended? Wait, what? If you finish that sentence in your head with something like, without any loss or ruin coming to, healthy, to health or relationships, there was probably at least a hint of a question in your voice. Intense seasons of ministry, or life for that matter, will always cycle around to us. Responding by skimming is a pretty common response and a universally bad idea. Stay with me while we think this one through. So, so unplug from your normal time with God, and in a matter of days, your perspective begins to lose their, their holy quality. A mind seasoned, programmed, and protected with truth, it begins to lose its power and effect. When your defenses, with your defenses down, the onslaught of worldly priorities, values, and viewpoints, they begin to seep into our thinking, and there's little to keep them at bay, less and less the longer the season drags on. The stronger the Christ follower, the better they will do the longer the season lasts, but there's a problem with that. The more mature we are, the more time we're used to spending with God. The more we value and need that time with God. The less spiritually mature, which being interpreted means the weaker our connection with God, 
the less unplugging from it will unsettle us. If you can go days and not feel the drain on your soul, you're in more danger than you know and you're less spiritually mature than you think. I guess I just made a case against my own claim that the stronger the Christian, the less damage is done when the season grinds on. If it does not mess with you, you're in trouble. And if it does mess with you, you're in trouble. Conclusion. Extended seasons of skimming on your relationship and healthy routines is a lose-lose scenario. Think with me about skimming for a minute. It means to move quickly or lightly over, to pass over like, like a surface, nearly or lightly touching it in the process. When we skim a book or article, we read quickly or cursorily to know only the important parts, but we skim the rest. When we skim, we deal with or treat a subject briefly or superficially. Interestingly enough, one way the word is used, which is closest to its origin, is to remove or skim from the surface of a liquid, to, you know, to remove the, the, the scum or the dross that has bubbled up to the top of it. That's skimming. And I think that speaks for itself. When you're skimming, all you get is the dross, the, the, the crud. <laughs> the problem of skimming is that you're dabbling in things that should never be just dabbled with. Things that should be top priority instead. When it comes to connection with God, we are trifling with something that should be all-consuming. When we begin to skin in our relationships so that we can put the time and energy into another project, we treat them superficially. And in so doing, only we're only putting out fires, dealing with the, the problem, the dross that bubbles to the surface, that demands attention. All of which is pressing and urgent and noisy, but not the highest priority any more than they are worthy of our limited available attention. All while we ignore the real treasure that is the relationship. We are lightly or nearly touching others. Lightly or nearly touching them the moment we skim. Think of a rock that you've that you skipped across the, the surface of the water. Uh, doing that for any lengthy period is gambling with lives and relationships. Skimming is a risky business even for a short period of time. Now, you know, if you're in a position where you can get away with just not doing your normal job so that you can focus on a temporary demanding pot project and, and still keep your personal life intact and running smoothly, you know, that's another story. But ministry does not tend to be so amicable. All in is often the only way we feel we can deal with the emergencies and situations that ministry brings up because, well, lives and eternities are at stake, right? All right, we are going to pick this up with the next episode. Uh, let me just say that new this season, you can find the transcripts of these podcasts at my blog site. These are show notes. Uh, they not only include the, the script I use, but also often include more biblical references than you know I share on air. And like with this episode, um, or like with some episodes, there's direct links to books that I suggest for further reading and, and you know, other helpful links that obviously are impossible to provide um, through a podcast. All you have to do is go to tourers.church backslash brave the rapids. That's again, tourers.church backslash brave the rapids. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard, I'll address the second myth, which is I can never sacrifice too much. listening to this episode. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, do not waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how God would have you work the new thought into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been. We firmly believe that God will exchange the wounding of the past for the wellness of the future. 
a transformation that frees us to be wholeheartedly available to Him and those near us. As we walk into that healing, we gain the humble confidence and godly credibility needed to step unrestricted into the life and impact God has for us. And when we experience that for ourselves, it gives us a compelling story from which to call others to experience the same. We pray that God uses the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you would like to submit a question or topic for a future episode of our podcast, here as promised is the contact information. The email address is carrie at tworivers.church or text at scdashboard from the social media platform of your choice. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.